This is KVOM's Morning News Watch, the podcast edition. Good morning, fair and 68 at the KVOM studios. Today is Wednesday. It's the 21st of September, 2022. It's technically the last day of summer. Fall is supposed to arrive tomorrow with the autumn equinox at 8.03 p.m., but summer is not going quietly. Sunny and hot today, a high of 100. Clear tonight, our low 71. Sunny and 91 on Thursday. Now, Friday sounds nice. Sunny skies, a high of 83. Back up to 91 on Saturday. Mid-80s on Sunday. And low 80s Monday and Tuesday as we round out our seven-day outlook. As it starts to get cooler during the day, of course, it'll start to get cooler during the night as well. After we get through these last couple of warm nights, we'll have overnight lows in the 50s by Monday and Tuesday of next week. Right now, fair in 68. Let's congratulate our employee of the day. It's Trish Brown at Harps. Obituaries this morning. Mary Jewel Quarter Boshears, age 102 of Perryville, died on Monday, September 19th. Funeral service will be Thursday, September 22nd, 2 p.m. at Harmony Baptist Church with Brother Tony Harris and Brother Mike Smith officiating. Burial will be at Harmony Cemetery by Harris Funeral Home of Moralton. The family will receive friends one hour prior to service time. James Lewis Elkins, age 97, died July 24th. His wife, Ruby May, age 92, died July 23rd. Funeral services will be held Friday, September 23rd, 2 p.m. at the Jerusalem Church of Christ, officiated by Steve Sexton. Visitation begins at 1 p.m. Burial will follow immediately following the service at Robertstown Cemetery in Jerusalem by Niels Rosewood Funerals and Cremations of Moralton. Gerald Cotton Hillis, age 93, of Moralton, died Saturday, September 17th. Funeral service will be held at First Baptist Church in Moralton, Thursday, September 22nd, 11 a.m., with Brother Russ Roden officiating. Visitation will be at the church prior to the funeral, 10 to 11. Burial will be at Ada Valley Cemetery, with arrangements by Harris Funeral Home of Moralton. Trey Adam Lovell, age 34, died Saturday, September 17th. Memorial service will be Saturday, September 24th, 2 p.m. at Perryville First Baptist Church with Pastor Cliff Johnson officiating. Burial will be at Mount Zion Cemetery by Harris Funeral Home of Moralton. The family will receive friends one hour prior to service time at the church. William James McMullen, age 76, died Friday, September 16th. For his request, no official service will be held. He's being buried at sea with arrangements by Niels Rosewood Funerals and Cremations of Moralton. Funeral service for Glenn Warren, age 68 of Conway, will be held today, 2 p.m., at Welcome Home Baptist Church in Casa with Brother John Williams officiating. Arrangements are by Niels Rosewood Funerals and Cremations of Moralton. 734, Fair and 68. We'll warm up to 100 on this last day of summer, 2022. KVOM's Morning News Watch continues in just a moment. Pettyjean State Bank's all-new free mobile app makes local banking fast, simple, and secure. You can check your balance, deposit checks, pay a bill, transfer funds, and more, all from your mobile device. Transactions are fast, and the app is simple to use. Best of all, it's secure, because Pettyjean State Bank is committed to you and your peace of mind. Online banking customers can download the free PJSB app today from the App Store or Google Play. It's just another way that Pettyjean State Bank is right in town 
always in touch. Daddy Jean State Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You're listening to KVOM's Morning News Watch, 735, Fair and 68 at the KVOM Studios. Homes and businesses in Perry County now have access to high-speed fiber optic internet. In response to the growing demand for internet in rural communities, First Electric Cooperative recently launched a wholly owned subsidiary called Connect to First that provides internet to customers within the First Electric service area that otherwise would not have access to it. First Electric in Perryville hosted a block party Tuesday to celebrate the rollout of the service to its members throughout Perry County and in Southern Conway County. General Manager Randy Everett says the Connect to First program has been in the works for years, but was brought to the forefront when COVID-19 created an even greater need for high-speed internet in the home. These are things that, again, whether it's uh, telehealth, whether it is for school, uh, whether it's working from home, these things have become uh, critical uh, for everyone these days. Uh, So we're just uh, proud to be able to be a part of this and continue to carry out the mission statement of First Electric by improving the quality of life. First Electric CEO Don Crabb says the availability of high-speed internet not only benefits the residents and existing businesses in Perry County, but can be a key driver in economic development for the area. We understand the full impact of what broadband is going to bring to all of our members out here and stuff, folks that want to work from home, new businesses that will come to town and stuff. I mean, the the exciting part about this is is that every one of our members or businesses can get gig speed or even higher if they want it. So again, there's no limitations as to what they can do from home now. Connect to First has been launched in the Perryville and Bigelow communities and will be going online soon in other parts of Perry County and throughout First Electric's Perryville service area. To find out more about availability at your home, visit connect2first.net. Discussion concerning a vacant city-owned lot at the intersection of Broadway and Division Street in downtown Morrillton and the adjacent privately owned vacant buildings at 105 and 107 Broadway was the purpose of a Tuesday meeting of the Morrillton City Council's Code Enforcement Committee. The vacant lot is the site of the former Merle Norman building that collapsed in May of 2011, resulting in the death of a young girl. The adjacent buildings are owned by Kay Osborne and have remained vacant for the past several years. Committee Chair Benny Baker called the meeting to get an update on whether the city can take any action to acquire the buildings or direct the owner to rehabilitate the structures. The city has had documented correspondence with Osborne many times regarding the structural integrity of the buildings since the collapse of the corner building over a decade ago. City Inspector Greg Woodard acknowledged that acquiring the buildings through condemnation is not a viable option at this time due to liability concerns. The overriding concern was if we were to begin to what kind of exposure would the city have as far as liability? We condemned it. Something happens, it's on us. Right now, it's a private building. If we condemn it and we, we tear it down, we're looking at a high cost to do something. Mayor Alan Lipsmeyer agreed that the cost to condemn and then demolish the buildings is too high for the city to incur. But we don't have the money to go in there and refurbish the private owner's business. If we condemn it, we, we, we incur the liability. We're not going to tear it down because we're not going to spend $200,000 Baker is hoping something can be done to improve the appearance of that block of downtown Morrillton. 
But the mayor and other city council members acknowledged it's out of the city's hands as long as the buildings are owned by a private party. Small non-farm businesses in all 75 Arkansas counties are now eligible to apply for low-interest federal disaster loans from the U.S. Small Business Administration. These loans offset economic losses because of reduced revenues caused by excessive heat and drought that began May 30th. Small non-farm businesses, small agricultural cooperatives, small businesses engaged in aquaculture, and most private nonprofit organizations of any size may qualify for economic injury disaster loans of up to $2 million to help meet financial obligations and operating expenses, which could have been met had the disaster not occurred. Applicants may apply online, receive additional disaster assistance information, and download applications at disasterloanassistance.sba.gov. The deadline to apply for economic injury is May 15th of next year. The Arnold Innovation Center, powered by Conway Corporation, is now open at 1201 Oak Street in downtown Conway. The space, named in honor of retired Conway Corps CEO Richard Arnold, is a membership-based space for startups, entrepreneurs, and small business owners to launch, collaborate, and grow. The space is managed by the conductor and will offer low-cost co-working space, rented desks, and meeting and event space. The space boasts a variety of amenities and benefits, including Conway Core high-speed internet, collaboration with other early-stage companies, networking events, and access to direct small business support. Eligible members must be small business owners or entrepreneurs. Prospective members can find more information at arconductor.org. With harvest underway, the Arkansas Department of Agriculture reminds its partners in ag and conservation of the importance of safe prescribed burning techniques as a valuable tool in crop management plans. Row crop farmers use prescribed fire in the fall as part of a crop management plan to remove stubble following the harvest of rice, soybeans, corn, and cotton. Smoke management planning prior to the application of prescribed fires helps to reduce smoke impact on roadways, nearby towns, and sensitive areas like schools, nursing homes, churches, and other facilities. A safe-burning checklist farmers should complete before applying prescribed fire includes take extra precautions for smoke-sensitive areas, report prescribed burns to the Arkansas Department of Agriculture's Dispatch Center, check to make sure relative humidity is above 20%, check to make sure wind speed is less than 15 miles an hour, and be sure to follow appropriate smoke category day guidelines. Now 7.42 as we check markets. Here's Samantha Cassidy of Edward Jones in downtown Moralton. On Wall Street, markets continue to be hyper-focused on Federal Reserve policy trading lower today. Growth and value performed similarly as sentiment soured. The 10-year yield passed 3.5% in anticipation for higher federal interest rate rates, rate hikes, while the two-year yield has reached a new 15-year high. The 10-year minus two-year yield curve is still firmly inverted as bond investors expect aggressive Fed rate policy hike to tip the U.S. economy into a recession. Oil prices have stayed range-bound between $80 and $90 today and traded around $86, while natural gas has fallen from recent highs of over $10 per million BTUs to around $7.70 today. On the international front, European shares weakened while Asian stocks traded higher, and the dollar was mixed against a basket of currencies. The Dow closed at 30,706, down 313 points. 
NASDAQ closed at 11,425, down 109 points. Volume was heavy as 943 million shares traded hands on the big board. Taking a closer look at stocks of interest to Arkansans, AT&T was down 20 cents at $16.56. Bank of America was down 52 cents at $34.17. Deere & Company was down $7.10 at $355.59. Energy Corporation was down $1.58 at $114.30. Under Armour was down 29 cents at $7.24. Simmons Bank was up $0.02 cents at $23.93. Regions Financial was down $0.05 cents at $22.19. Southwestern Energy was down $0.03 cents at $7.22. Tyson Foods was down $0.61 cents at $71.83. Walmart was down $0.78 cents at $133.55. Live Ramp was down $0.80 cents at $19.29. Interpublic Group was down $0.81 cents at $26.88. Nextair Energy was down $1.15 at $85.69. Natural Gas was down $0.04 cents at $7.70. Precious Metals were lower. Gold was down $4.80 at $1,673.40. Silver was down $0.09 cents at $19.26. I am Samantha Cassidy with Edward Jones, Doug Cahill's office, North Moose Street in downtown Marlton. On our community calendar, the 25th annual Petty Jean Fall Swap Meet will be held tomorrow through Saturday at the Museum of Automobiles on Petty Jean Mountain. The swap meet will be open 8 to 6 each day. There will be a military vehicle rally all three days and an open car show Saturday 9 to 3. All activities are free, open to the public. Go to museumofautos.com for more information. UACCM Adult Education is hosting an open house Thursday, 9 to 3. Refreshments will be served 9 to 11. The adult ed program is located in the Community Education Center at 600 North St. Joseph Street, across from the old Fred's building in Moralton. All are invited to visit and learn more about the program. The South Conway County School District will dismiss for all K-12 students at 2 o'clock Thursday, for grades 7 through 12 parent-teacher conferences, pre-K will dismiss at 1.15 p.m. The conferences will be held from 2.45 to 7. The Wonderview School District is dismissing classes for all students at 2.15 on Thursday for parent-teacher conferences, which will be held from 2.30 to 7.30. The Moralton Planning and Zoning Commission meets Thursday night at 5.30 at Moralton City Hall. The Wonderview School Board will have its annual report to the public Thursday at 6 in the cafeteria, the regular board meeting will continue in the boardroom after a quick meet and greet. The Moralton Knights of Columbus 4th Degree meets Thursday night at 6 at the Hall on North Cedar Street. The Nemo Vista PTO will have its fall festival Friday, 5 to 8 at the gym. Lots of games, bingo, silent auction, dunk booth, and the junior class will be serving walking tacos, chicken strips and fries, along with baked goods. Well, we know that you want to keep up with what's happening in your community. We also know that our busy lives sometimes make it impossible for us to listen to KVOM's Newswatch as it airs at 7.30. That's why we created the KVOM Newswatch podcast. You can subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. We post it each weekday morning, and it's brought to you by Petty Jean State Bank. 7.47, fair and 68 at the KVOM studios. A little later on, we'll visit with Greg Peltz with the UCA Veterans Resource Center. That's coming up on our close-up segment 
Up next, Eric Tyler has sports and weather as KVOM's Morning News Watch continues. Pettyjean State Bank's all-new free mobile app makes local banking fast, simple, and secure. You can check your balance, deposit checks, pay a bill, transfer funds, and more, all from your mobile device. Transactions are fast, and the app is simple to use. Best of all, it's secure, because Pettyjean State Bank is committed to you and your peace of mind. Online banking customers can download the free PJSB app today from the App Store or Google Play. It's just another way that Pettyjean State Bank is right in town all Always in touch. Daddy Jean State Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. KV on the News, Watch Sports. I'm Eric Tyler. Marlton High School's Kenzie Jackson placed first among individuals in the girls 4A4 district golf tournament on Tuesday. Jackson shot a 93 to lead all individuals and qualify for the Class 4A state tournament. Carson Thomas also qualified to compete in the state tournament after placing second among individuals in the boys' division. With a team score of 247, Bigelow High School has won its first district title in boys golf in recent memory. Team members include Rhett Newmeyer, Evan Reagan, Brent Tipton, and Bennett Wilson. The Panthers now turn their attention to the Class 2A state golf tournament on October 6th at Turkey Mountain Golf Course in Horseshoe Bend. In local action scheduled today, Marlton 7th grade and junior high volleyball teams play at Clarksville starting at 4 o'clock. The Marlton High School football team will look to bounce back from its first loss of the season when the Devilogs continue 5A Central Conference play at BB on Friday. The Devilogs defeated the Badgers in non-conference matchups each of the past two seasons. Both teams are 3-1 overall this year and 1-1 in conference play. Kickoff from BB is scheduled for 7 p.m. Friday, and we'll have all the action for you live on KVOM FM 101.7 online at KVOM.com and on the KVOM app, as well as on a live video stream on the Marlton High School Dog Tracks YouTube channel. St. Louis Cardinals were held scoreless for a second consecutive game Tuesday night, falling to San Diego 5 to nothing to start an eight-game road trip. But with Milwaukee also losing, the Cards' magic number to clinch the National League Central Division title was reduced to six games. The Cardinals play the Padres again tonight in San Diego. First pitch at 8.40 p.m. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.45 on Motown Radio 92.5 FM and AM 800 and on 92.7 Jack FM. Take a look at weather now on this Wednesday. We've got humidity right now at 94%. Calm winds, barometric pressure at 30 inches. Low temperature this morning, 67 degrees. High yesterday was 100. A year ago today, the low was 68 with a high of 72. No rain the last 24 hours at KVOM. Total for the year, 36.92 inches. Sunset this evening, 7-11. Sunrise tomorrow morning, 659 and where the forecast calls for another sunny and hot day today with a high near 100 degrees this afternoon. Mostly clear tonight with a low around 71. High near 91 tomorrow, just 83 expected on Friday. So looking at a really nice day there. And then back in the low 90s on Saturday. Right now we have fair skies and 70 degrees in Marlton as we approach 752 on KVOM. Newswatch continues in just a moment. Pettyjean State Bank's all-new free mobile app makes local banking fast, simple, and secure. You can check your balance, deposit checks, pay a bill, transfer funds, and more, all from your mobile device. Transactions are fast, and the app is simple to use. Best of all, it's secure, because Pettyjean State Bank is committed to you and your peace of mind. Online banking customers can download the free PJSB app today from the App Store or Google Play. It's just another way that Pettyjean State Bank is right in town, always in touch. Pettyjean State Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
We're joined on our close-up interview this morning by Greg Peltz. He's with the University of Central Arkansas, director of the Veterans Resource Center there uh, at the campus in Conway. Good morning to you, Greg. Good morning, Eric. All right, it's good to have you with us. And we're actually going to be talking, hearing us a little bit about uh, a Veterans Day celebration that uh, will be happening at UCA. But, Greg, if you could give us a little bit of a background on uh, what the Veterans Resource Center there at UCA does, how it helps the veterans. You bet, be happy to. Uh, you know, we have a veterans office uh, here on campus, and right now our primary focus is to help our veterans, uh, as well as the currently serving military members who are attending college here, and the dependents of those two groups. We help them access the benefits that they have earned, uh, and uh, and try to make uh, you know funding for their college uh, um, a lot more well easier to deal with. Um, and in addition, we like to help our veterans uh, make a transition from the military world into the civilian college campus arena, which is significantly different, as you can imagine. Sure, sure. All right, so do a lot there for the veterans. And I understand that that, that center, that program, is going to be expanding a little bit? Well, it is, as a matter of fact. Uh, we currently have what I call the business office. Um, where we do exactly what I said, help veterans access their benefits. <clears throat> We're currently renovating a building here on campus, um, so it's going to you triple the size of our area, um, and, and that will allow us to kind of expand our scope of what we do. And we're going to enter into more outreach for our veterans uh, and, and do more of that, uh, that helping I mentioned a couple minutes ago about um, those veterans making that transition into the civilian world. As you can imagine, um, you know, our veterans, when they come on campus here, have a lot more experience than most students do. They're usually older. Uh, many of them have families of, of their own. They don't live on campus. And, uh, you know, they come from a more structured military environment. And suddenly they find themselves uh, surrounded by a bunch of 18 and 19 year old students. Uh, and it, it can be a little awkward for them. Um, so, uh, you know, we just try to help them make that transition and, and help them deal with all of the things that a veteran, you know, may have to deal with in life. And that's a broad scope right there. Okay. And I know coming up uh, close to Veterans Day, you guys will be having a little program to, to celebrate uh, the veterans. Can tell us a, a little bit about the, the program that you guys have planned this year. Well, you know, we have our Veterans Ceremony, which is actually happening not on Veterans Day, but on November 3rd, okay. um, because we're considering the entire month of November a Veterans Appreciation Month here on campus. And we're kicking it off with the ceremony on November 3rd, uh, starting, starting around noon. <clears throat> we're going to have an information fair with various booths um, set up, and th these may range from anything from potential employers to veterans to um, uh, recruiters for you know trying to create future veterans um, and we'll be uh, barbecuing and uh, cooking some uh, some burgers and hot dogs at the same time while this information fair is going on and then at 1 30 we're uh, we're transitioning to a ceremony uh, it's about an hour-long ceremony uh, in, uh, in McCaslin Hall or McAllister Hall, um, 
and uh, we'll have a guest speaker, Brigadier General uh, Bradley Cox, um, uh, one of our senior leaders of the Arkansas National Guard and combat veteran himself. Um, and uh, we'll have we'll have live music. Uh, President of the University will be speaking a little bit. We'll be uh, awarding some scholarships to some of our veterans, and uh, just with the purpose of <clears throat> showing our appreciation for our veterans community, and uh, and also encouraging the local community to come be a part of that. Um, yeah, so that pretty much sums it up on that particular day. And then, uh, as I mentioned, it's Veterans Appreciation Month. So actually on Veterans Day on uh, November 11th, um, we have a basketball game taking place uh, between UCA and Hendricks College um, at 5.30. And uh, we'll have some veterans-related uh, events there and uh, look to do a swearing-in ceremony at halftime for some new recruits for the, uh, uh, the, the Little Rock Air Force Base. Okay, pretty neat. A lot of a lot of cool activities going on for that event on November the third. You think it is kind of open to the public? Then it's not not necessarily just uh, veterans, or not not just uh, UCA veterans. That's exactly right. November third at noon, we encourage anybody and everybody to come out. If, even if you, you've never uh, served in the military yourself, that's perfectly fine. If you just have a desire to show some appreciation. Um, we, we'd love to have you there, and um, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we have room for you. Okay. All right. Sounds like a, a big event. going to be a great, uh, great ceremony there. How can people get more information about it? Okay. Um, we do have a webpage set up at uca.edu slash veterans day. uca.edu slash veterans day. And uh, that'll give you some more details if you want to read about our guest speaker or uh, you know the the information fair, um, uh, any anything, uh, any more detail. That's a good place to go for that. Okay, all right. Looking forward to it. Greg Peltz, director of the Veterans Resource Center, there at the University of Central Arkansas in Conway. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate your help. Okay. Newswatch on this Wednesday morning continues in just a moment. You've been listening to KVOM's Morning News Watch, the podcast edition.